All right, thank you very much. Let's get prayed up, and then, I don't know if you know this, but uh, in our little community, on any given Sunday, including kids, we have maybe 150 people here, but about 400 would say, yeah, that's my church. We had a rash of people trying to die this summer. I mean, actively trying to die. Uh, Jackson fell off a waterfall. Well, the rocks sent him down the waterfall. Didn't die, and he's still here. Then we had uh, Brett, the firefighter, Becky is uh, also sometimes in green, seemed like the popular color today up here. But her brother-in-law, firefighters, on his dirt bike, crashed, broke all his ribs and almost severed his aorta. So he's back home and alive. And uh, then on Friday, Chicago Tim uh, tried to uh, exit and his wife found him and breathed him back to life. And so now he just texted me a few minutes ago. He said, enjoy the sermon and the sandwiches. Well, I'm just thankful you can text. So Mike thought it might be good if, uh, well, your idea, piano boy. What did what'd you think might be, might be good? It's piano man. Um, <laughs> so what I'd like to do is just get a video of you guys saying, get well, Tim on the count of three, and we'll send it to him. How's that sound? And then if you want to cheer raucously, that's also very welcome. One, two, three. Hey! We miss you, buddy. Oh, it's yours. Thank you, Mike. It's so rare that a musician has people skills. We really are excited about that. Uh, it's my hot chick's birthday today, and uh, she, right, right? It was a big deal when I turned 25, but she seemed fine this morning, so that's good. That's good. No, I don't have that kind of money. She, uh, she's only a few years younger than me, but obviously I have aged terribly, and if you see us together later, you will think, I didn't realize Ted was loaded. But uh, when we were married, we were similar ages. But, uh, but I have aged terribly, and she has not. So uh, we're doing fine, but I, it's not a trophy wife. It's just my first choice. So that worked out really well. Let's get uh, prayed up and get on with this. Heavenly Father, we are here for a reason. And maybe it's habit. Maybe it's obligation. But for many of us, if we're honest, what we're after is for you to show up. You created us for something. We're not quite sure what it is. Would you meet us here this morning and speak our language? It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Have you ever seen, we're working our way towards communion, have you ever seen a masterpiece? And fellas, the proper response is sure. That's why I married her. But beyond, beyond that, I've seen the American Gothic. You know the one in Chicago, Grantwood? Right? Do you know that one? The farmer? Good. That one's good. I've seen the Sistine Chapel where uh, God creates Adam. That one's pretty cool. They said uh, you have to be silent in there. It's like a New York public school lunchroom in there. Everything but shots fired for crying out loud. It's complete chaos. But uh, when you looked up, it was beautiful. I saw, uh, we saw Mona Lisa before the paint throwing incident. I've seen Yankee Stadium. That might be a great work of art. Although the way they're playing now, it's desecrating it, much like uh, throwing paint. Here's a little life-changing perspective for your mirror tomorrow if you let it. So Derek, we've got just this one verse, so just leave it up. For we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 2,000 years ago, Paul didn't even believe in Jesus. Then he met him face to face, and then he wrote this down for us. A masterpiece, a piece created by a... Seem to be some disagreement. I went to New York public schools. Keep things simple. The word is masterpiece. It's a piece created by a... Hey, good. See, that's the thing. The work of art we read about selling for $100 million. Why does the creator of the universe love you? The Bible says, and we say, I don't know if I'm feeling it. I'm not sure. Have you ever seen a crafter talk about their work? Not the one where they... We're almost done, and then they realize they missed, made a mistake a third of the way into it and had to rip it all out and then recrochet it, and they want to give you a play-by-play -play every moment of it. Not that. But the one that's just perfect. Have you ever seen a crafter have pride in their work? How do they feel about that? My wife took up crocheting during uh, the, sh the lockdowns, and so we have all kinds of dish cloths that are crocheted. I am stunned that she lets us actually use them. Have you ever seen a creator with their work? We are God's masterpiece. Ever talked to an old guy who restored an old car? Wouldn't you want someone to talk about you the way the old guy talks about his, old, his restored car? That's why we can sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Because the opening page says God created us. You are God's masterpiece. Love like a car guy loves his dream Ferrari. Or maybe more incredible, his new truck, right? Did you not grow up in truck country? I've been around here. I've heard people talk about their trucks. My mother-in-law lives in Austin, Texas. She grew up in Waco. Her family, the way they talk about their trucks, I try to talk about my wife the way they talk about their trucks. It's my lofty goal. When the Bible says God's love for you is immense, we think more than a guy loves his truck. It's mind-boggling. You are God's idea. God only has good ideas. So the second part Paul wrote for us about how life works. We are a masterpiece. We are a piece created by a master. Only does good stuff. The second part, a new good word. Probably don't use it enough. When Michelangelo was creating the David statue, which we can't show because of the nudity, 17 feet of that. Nobody wants that. Just stay with the verse. But somebody asked him, how do you do this? And Michelangelo's fav uh, famous quote, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block. It is already there. I just have to chisel away what doesn't belong. Uh-huh. He looked at the block, saw the David statue, and got to work. Anew. That's the word anew creating us anew. It was a block. Now it's a new thing. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says God is the potter and we are the clay. And Netflix doesn't currently have a, document, uh, a documentary on pottering. So we don't really know what this means. Here's what it means. God at various points will be coming at you with a chisel. That's what it means. Michelangelo, the block of wood. I saw the potential. I just had to get to work with a chisel. When the potter forms the clay, there's going to be some shaping involved. 
doesn't just look at you and go, perfect, just the way you are. Perfect, let's get to work. We talk about nature versus nurture, and the answer is yes. Those are tools God works with. Some things to live up to, some things to overcome. Used to be the old bumper sticker, be patient, God isn't done with me yet. And that's true if we allow it. We can be done. We can have God be done with us right now. We have the choice. Hard-hearted is a phrase in the Bible. That never ends well. Want to be open to what God has for us? Anew is for the good works. God has plans. He has big plans, bigger plans than we expected. C.S. Lewis, the eventual committed Christian who didn't start out that way, the reluctant convert, said we can be willing to have God come in our life and clean things up a bit, renovate a few rooms, make the curb appeal much nicer. We are all for that. But hang on there, Lord, renovating us into a mansion, courtyards, turrets, turrets, extra floor. And C.S. Lewis says he's working like he's planning to come live in it himself. It's the block of marble that's being turned into David. That's us. Going to be some chiseling involved, some forming, some shaping, making it worthy of the kingdom of God. Our lifetime is meant to be a partnership with the creator of the universe, the one who created Pluto, not the cartoon. Want to be better than Walt Disney. The planet. Well, it used to be a planet. We I don't know what it is now. Or Uranus, the planet we used to pronounce differently, right? Today I'm here to talk to you about, we don't say that anymore. Turns out it's Uranus. C.S. Lewis said, we are not doubting God has our best interests at heart. We are worried how painful it will be. You would think we'd be excited. God is here. That's the whole thing with Emmanuel at Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. Yay! Loneliness is terrible. God is with us. We're not alone. One of our most basic needs is to feel significant, to matter. And it's good to want to be significant. It's good to want to matter. It's how we're created. God created us to want to matter, to be significant. But sin is taking a good thing and making it a not good thing. And we turn that basic need to be significant. And instead of finding our significance as a masterpiece of the creator, we compare ourselves to our fellow works of art and progress, the four A's of comparison. Instead of getting our significance from being a child of God and living up to that, we get our significance, we try to get our significance from the four A's of comparison, appearance, achievement, affluence, and approval. Ah, appearance. If we look good, we must be good. It's a hot chick's birthday. Look at the shoes. I am stunned this shirt was allowed. If we look good, we must be good. Or achievement. If I achieve a lot, I must be good. Approval. We can keep track of our approval rating like we're running for office. Because if we're well-liked, we must be good. An affluence, how much stuff do we have? And is it the right kind of stuff? Should we get rid of some of this stuff and get new stuff that's the right stuff? You get a house, what do you do? House is 30 years old. 
You walk in, there's running water. Refrigerator works, ice maker. People around the world would crave this. It's not the right refrigerator. It's not the right sink. I can have that faucet in my house. We need to get rid of this faucet that works and replace it with another faucet that works. That's affluence. Now, anybody see a problem with those four A's about feeling what matters? Well, Ted, I assume, has something to do with that masterpiece thing, but I don't know what to shout out loud. The problem with the four A's is they're not stable. Beauty fades. Our great achievements are forgotten. People who approve of us either die, move away, or stop approving of us, which is shocking. And our stuff either breaks, rusts, or goes out of style. <sighs> so Jesus said, basing your life on the not stable things to reach that very godly innate desire to matter. If you're a child of God, of course you should matter. But basing it on the four A's is like building your house in a Tucson wash with the monsoon coming. It's not, not going to last. God's way of determining our significance is creating us as a masterpiece. And like all the world-famous works of art, it takes a while. So we walk into the Sistine Chapel. You've seen it. We're not going to show it because there's more nudity. I don't know. People were bored 600 years ago, I guess. Can't create art with pants. I don't know. But you look up in the Sistine Chapel. The main thing is God creates man. God creates man. And it's God, all enthusiastic, wearing something, by the way, leaning over with his finger to touch Adam. And Adam, naked as a jaybird, is kind of pretty, pretty nonchalant about the whole thing. Hey, God, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you. You do what you're going to do, God, which is kind of how we are with God. Hmm. If the God of the universe is telling you you need to change something in your life, don't blame me. I've got my own shack under renovation. This is the way life works. A masterpiece in progress involves some chiseling, some repainting, a lot of visualization. A couple of uh, those turret editions about killed me, so I don't have any good news for you about this is going to be an easy process. The Bible says it's a worthwhile process. And those closest to you are rooting for you. The thing we don't want to miss about being created, this one's crucial. If we are created by the master individually, no mass production going on, this one's crucial. That means we are not self-created. And we can wonder, hmm, is that good? Well, yes, in this way. That means we're not king of the world. We're not king or queen of anything. And that's not good news. That is good. That's good news. We're not, don't we want to be king of the world? queen of the world? Did you ever play king of the mountain as a kid? Pretty vulnerable place. Lousy way to live a lifetime. When on top, it's common to feel like a fraud. Have you ever felt like a fraud? Classic. 
minister finishes up graduate school. They get their first little church. Sunday comes around. They give the sermon, the best one of their life. They've been working on this thing for years. People are like, oh, good. That's what's going to happen every week. Well, probably not. And enjoy that one, though. We'll see what we come up with next week. And then Monday morning, you go to work. And you sit there at your desk. We don't have one around here. But back in the old days when ministers had desks. And you wonder, what do I do? I wander out and ask the secretary, so uh, what do I do? What did my predecessor do? The one we fired? Well, what he would do is, you know the classic one feels like a fraud? Young teacher, first day of school. Everything was great until, you know, Derek shows up, right? We have a Derek here. I don't mean to criticize. I just couldn't off the top of my head come up with a name that seemed like a troublemaker kid. You know, uh, around here, occasionally we'll, uh, we go through periods. We have a lot of doctors and a lot of not a lot, physicians, and then not a lot. I remember a few, several years ago, one of them said, Ted, what I'm battling is I feel like a fraud. And I said, well, since you've got the knife and you're hovering over skin, we'd like you to not feel that way. And he said, well, I've done all the training, but there are times you feel like a fraud. So what we talked about was this. You know, you didn't. You didn't just sign a piece of paper and say, I'll do it. You, you have gifts affirmed to be a surgeon. You've done all the training that we know how to give you as a society, and now you go in there, and you're not a fraud. Maybe what's more scary is you're just the best thing that we can produce for cutting into flesh on purpose. A fraud. If we are self-created, it is easy to feel like a fraud. If you've ever accomplished anything, you've probably reached a point where you began to feel like a fraud, if you've been successful. Here's where we felt like a fraud in our house, the hot chicken I, January 2009. We have, uh, we have our first baby, Jackson, baby Jackson. I'm carrying him out of the hospital, and they let us leave. We are frauds. Somebody stop us. Luckily, we, we meaning me, were so incompetent uh, we put him in the car seat, and the thing just kind of rattles around. And so the nurse had to come out, Valerie, and she worked with me to get the car seat nice and tight. And then we clicked him in place, and she said, when he cries, feed him, then let him sleep. He'll be fine, and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, so far... But now what do we do? Well, the answer is we do this together. He can actually use his own words now. It's fascinating. When we first bought that kid, my wife one time was holding him in the living room, and I'd come in like, oh, there's my hot chick holding our baby. This is so sweet. And I said, love of my life, what are you thinking? And she looks and says, I'm thinking, this kid knows nothing. We've got to teach him everything. Well, you feel like I feel I figure a few things out on his own, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. That's why we began to clean up our behavior because he was watching. You you don't want to see a two-year-old mimic of your behavior. The point of embracing our being a masterpiece created by a master is we're part of something immense. We are part of something eternal. We are not our accomplishments. Doesn't mean you just sit around doing nothing. 
we get to live up to who we are created to be. Here's something I know about you. I've only met a couple of you, and I still know this to be true. Dead set fact, I'd bet a lot of cash on it. You are good at something. Like, really good. Like, when people think about that thing, they think of you. So the, we see it with the band, musicians. But somebody's birthday, we need a cake. I've got the person. We want to throw a party. I've got the person. My sink, instead of the water going down, is coming up. You want a person. Or you might be the, hey, I have a dilemma, give me some thoughts person. We're all good at something. And none of us are good at everything. We'd like to be good at everything. Several engineers here, they're pretty confident they're good at everything. Part of the personality. But we're not good at everything. But we're really good at what we're good at. And so we can read this wrong, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things. He planned for us long ago. And we started to hyperventilate, more pressure to succeed. Now i got to impress God. Oh, oh that's, he invented flight. I can't do that. I'm supposed to impress God now. The ultimate, I have a friend who flies his own jet. When his birthday comes around, we don't try to wow him with gifts. You know what I'm saying? Let him buy us stuff for his birthday. We'll enjoy it with you. It's the ultimate, what do you get somebody who already has everything that they want? I'm, I'm supposed to impress God. Here's my gift for you. A minister I used to listen to said, this, the key is, masterpiece means you are God's poem. God's poem. I'm sure we all love poetry. That's what you are. The Bible says your name is written in the palm of the hand of God. And not like, Alice, that's right. I forgot. But like you. You talk to a mom who's estranged from her kids, can still tell you everything about that kid. That's how God knows you. So this old guy minister said, you are not your handiwork. Your life is not your project. You're not your handiwork. Your life is God's project. It's his responsibility. Our part is to participate. He said, God thought you up, and he knows what you were intended to be. We get to be partners with the creator of the universe. That's what we're doing here. Do we get it right? Well, not based on what people tell us, the feelings at 3 o'clock in the morning, anew. We get to do this anew. This keeps going. So we use the thing we're good at, our God-given gifts, and we look at the opportunities around us to make this a better world. The old idea was you don't have kids because it's easy. You have kids because it's worthwhile. It's how you participate in the world, and it makes you the better person. We don't have all the abilities we want because God built a system, so we need each other. And it also means it's not our responsibility. We're not alone. We're not solely responsible. We're supposed to be doing this together. It's not like you get to heaven and the angels say, well, every day we noticed you were really disappointing until you had your coffee, right? It's not the standard Perfect isn't the standard for us. Can I just get an amen on that one? 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's not our perfection. It's Jesus is the one that had the burden of being perfect. And he annoyed everybody so much they killed him. Can I get an amen? Man, everybody's got that one sibling, right? That if nobody was looking. It's not our goal to be perfect or to pretend we're perfect. Let's just be honest. What we're working on, pretty good at this. I'm still working on this. Yes, we can tell. That's where we're supposed to be. That's what it means to be God's masterpiece. He created us anew. It's a process. And it's Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Paul was showing us the standard is what God thinks of us. C.S. Lewis famously wrote, there are no ordinary people. Do you know? Do you know the people in my life? They're pretty ordinary. You have never talked to a mere mortal. And then he points out nations are mortal. Cultures are mortal. Works of art, mortal. Civilizations are mortal. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Created by God as a masterpiece. Uniquely created to live forever. We are not mass produced. We are individual creations. And because we are created by the master, each one of us as a masterpiece has the option to live our life as a masterpiece in progress or to continue to fight to be king of the hill. So the middle schoolers, put this on your seat, on your table. This is for communion. The perfect one, God in sandals, came down to live life. Born in a barn. Mom and dad weren't married. In the middle of the Roman Empire. No, that's not true. On the edge of the Roman Empire, but in the middle of when they were really going. It's a crazy, confident strategy. It's like watching a spy movie. It's like watching the, the first uh, Pirates of the Caribbean with Captain Jack Sparrow and his crazy plans. You did what now? You're going to be your God. You're the creator of the universe. You created Uranus for us to name anything we wanted, and you're... Save your salvation plan is to show up as a baby in a barn to a mom who's not married who just had a long donkey ride. Well, the angels probably said, I'll give you that it's unique. Not how we would have done it. You know, when that long ago, we had uh, Moses moved him right into the palace. How about we do that? No, born in a barn. Grew up, not, not many people cared. Isn't that crazy? God's right there, and mostly people argued with him. Well, I don't think that's the way it should be. So different than today. Jesus was willing to be here to show us there's a better way. Anybody else struggling to get this thing open? My goodness. Hold on. Hey, Jackson, come help me out, would you, man? We're, we're not meant to be alone. 
we can't all do everything. So, Jackson got up here and said, what did you do? How do you mess up a communion cup so much that someone can't even help you with it? But not my worry anymore. So, <laughs> Jesus shows up, and as he grows up, and he starts to tell people about the kingdom of God. Thanks, man. As he starts to tell people about the kingdom of God, the number of people who couldn't fathom it was stunning. And yet, he still had huge crowds. So Jesus, at the end, was with just a few friends. Going back to the time of Moses, they had the Passover celebration. So it wasn't the Roman Empire, it was the Egyptian Empire, and they weren't kind. And so finally, God stepped in to beat up the bullies. And if you wanted to be saved, you took a lamb, they were all farmers, and you sacrificed the lamb. But first, you brought it into the house. Let the kids play with it. Get to know it. Teach it tricks. Make it wear hats. In our house, some kind of tea party. And your kids would call it lammy. And then you sacrifice it. Ow! You know, little mutton might be fine. But I don't want to know its name. You go to a restaurant, they bring you a hamburger. You don't want them to say, this was Betsy. Well, why don't you keep Betsy and bring me somebody that wasn't named? How about a corporate cow? That was the point of the lamb. You get to know it. And then when you sacrifice it, it hurts. Well, we like this one. How about we keep this one? We, we go get just another one. Don't look it in the eye. Say, hey, look, what's that? And then, right, that's what we'll do. No, you bring the lamb in the house, and everybody gets to like the lamb, and it's sweet, and then you sacrifice the lamb because then you feel that death is real, that sin is real. If sin is as bad as death, then we might be a little less cavalier. Well, that's just my personality. Uh-huh. The lamb dead, you put the, the blood on the doorpost, and then the, when the angel of death came, passed over your house and beat up the bullies. And all of a sudden, you're free to leave. Slavery, all of that, you're free to go? Wow. It costs somebody something to come and save us. So Jesus and his friends are sitting down for the Passover, and they're sitting there, and Jesus hijacks the Passover. Hmm. Yankee Doodle. That song used to be a kind of British barroom song, every kind of fun ditty they would sing. We stole it, made fun of the British. Then we beat them and made them leave. And when I lived in London, nobody wanted to acknowledge we won. They would just say, ah, you know, they won their freedom, we left. Uh-huh. There's a lot of getting to know the lamb first, if you know what I'm saying. Jesus hijacked the Passover. And he said, this, he just took normal bread. He said, this is my body broken for you, like the Passover lamb. If you want it, if you want to embrace being a masterpiece, then eat it.
Then he took the wine. We live in a driving culture, so we take the grape juice. Good luck. I wouldn't drink this and drive away right away. You know, we got sandwiches. But took the wine, the table wine, the normal everyday drinking wine, and he said, this is my blood spilled for you. And we think that's odd. Until we remember the Passover story with Lammy. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, said, you're not going to have to do that again. Once the Lamb of God, Emmanuel, God with us, is the sacrifice, there's nothing else needed. Just embrace it. Jesus said, this is my blood spilled for you. Drink all of it. Then they went out to the Mount of Olives to sing where Jesus got arrested. The sham trials happened. The cross happened. Everybody ran away. Even though Jesus had said, I'll be rejected, beaten, suffer, die, but I'll be back in three days. Don't get lost. When it gets crazy, don't get lost. Nobody was there at the beginning. When they saw him, they're like, oh, hey, we're looking for Jesus. I am Jesus. That's who I am. Hmm. And then for 40 days, he was here. The nail holes, the whole bit. Could not walk through walls. That was pretty cool. Jesus said, this life isn't all there is. While you're here, you're a masterpiece. Act like it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, more than our feelings might be helpful to have some personal interaction with you. We can hear the words, but unless we experience you in a way that's personal to us, it's tough to believe you give us the opportunity. The people around us are desperate for us to be who you created us to be. And in our, our desire for significance, the most lasting way to achieve what we would like to achieve is to be your child. If somebody is here doesn't know you by name, maybe this is the day that they're up for the relationship with you. A is to admit we're sinners. We take lots of good things and turn them into not good things. B is to believe that Jesus is the one who forgives all sin, makes us worthy of the throne room of God. And C is to choose this day to embrace our status as a masterpiece, to be your child with confidence, and to live up to it. It's in your name we pray, and everybody said, amen. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express? All my gratitude.